Welcome back to another episode of the Parent Network Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Ates. First of all, I just want to say thank you to those that have listened, shared, and commented on the first two episodes of this podcast. This is a platform for all parents, and so I want us to just be free in this space. There are going to be some guests that I will bring on in the coming months. There are some critical conversations that we're really going to have uh, that is going to be monumental um, in the shifting of our mindsets when it comes to parenting and when it comes to life. You know, although this podcast is geared for parents and we are going to talk about, you know, parenting woes and funnies and all of those things, we are going to really discuss a lot of information that um, impacts our life. Because as I've said before, although we may be mother or father, we are at the core of who we are woman and man and so we have to make sure that we are together so that way we are not doing unnecessary and intentional damage to our children so first i want to start by reading um one of the questions that came through on episode one and give my response to that so uh, mercedes says love the vulnerability of your story you seem decided at 19 regarding having your first child did you ever second guess your decision so um with my first pregnancy i never second guessed the decision it was an emphatic absolute yes yes i am having this baby yes i am going to be a mom yes i'm going to figure it out no i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) now as i shared in episode two though um after i had my son i found myself caught up in some situations that did cause for me to have two abortions and so you all can go back to pivoting in parenthood which is episode two and hear more about that. So thank you so much, Mercedes, for your comment um, and your question. And also, Alicia, she said, this, this, with the fire emojis, oh my God, is needed for women and men to share their story. I love when you said, I didn't know myself. Like, that's the part when parenting, we don't know who we are going to become through the changes of life. And I concur 1000%. Parenting raises that mirror to us, the person, because we have this life that we've created and this human being in front of us. And the objective is not to do damage to this human being, but sometimes we do bring unnecessary things to our children in the course of their life because we have no idea who we are and what we're doing and what it looks like. And that moves me into today's topic and today's conversation where we're just going to talk about, you know, learning how to heal in your parenting journey and what that looks like now just a disclaimer this is probably going to be an ongoing conversation that 
pops up in almost every episode because I am a firm believer that as we learn um, more about who we are, as we heal, as we allow for God to show us who we are, then we are going to continue to evolve in our strategies in parenting. And I want to hit it right off the bat with talking about um, discipline and punishment. Now, if you are like me and in your journey of being raised by your parents, if they whipped you or inflicted physical punishment, it was under the guise of because I loved you. Now, my mom would use the scripture to um, preface it, you know, train up a child in the way and they should go when they're older, they would not depart from it or spare the rod, spoil the child. Now, as I have gotten older and I've taken my own journey and decided to develop my own relationship with God, I've come to an understanding of what the scripture really meant. And it had nothing to do with a physical infliction of pain upon your children when that scripture talks about you spare the rod, you spoil the child. A rod of correction and even just um, understanding what a rod is, it was used and it is used to bring the sheep back into the fold. It's used to steer them back where they're supposed to be. Now, there are sometimes uh, moments where you do need to tap, you know what I'm saying, to bring in um, the sheep, but it is not a constant infliction of pain. And so what it teaches when we constantly inflict physical pain upon our children is, okay, I have to be scared of you and I'm not going to be able to share with you all of what I feel out of fear. So if I have done something that, you know, when I did something rather that my mom didn't like, um, it was a whipping. I remember an instance where I was on punishment and she told me, you know, that you need to catch the bus straight home. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Well, my friends, they were going to um, the promenade and I wanted to go with them. And so I called her and I asked her if it was okay if I could go, although I knew I was on punishment. See, I was was exercising good judgment. (laughs) And she said, okay, but after that, you need to come straight home. So I said, perfect. We went to the promenade, y'all. Now, I was in the seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade. And some of the people that I was with, they had um, sticky hands, you know, they were stealing. Now, another girl and I, we didn't steal anything, but because we were all together, as soon as we exited out of the store, here comes loss prevention. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it. Life is over. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. They ended up, you know, searching our bags. I didn't have anything. Another girl didn't have anything. But because we were all together, they called our parents to come pick us up. And, um, you know, they explained to my mom that I didn't steal anything, that they didn't confiscate anything from me, but it was best that she come get me, you know. Now, here's the thing, y'all. My mom... Um, didn't have her own transportation. We lived in 
the city of Los Angeles, but I was going to school in Santa Monica. So she had to find a ride to come get me. And of course she was livid behind that. She comes, she picks me up, it's silent. I get back to our place and she's like, you need to go pick a switch. That was her choice of whipping, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the physical part, the belt. That was her. That was her thought of a belt. Was the switch because that's what she grew up with. And I remember I was twelve years old because that was the last time I ever got a whooping. Because I said to myself, "She's never going to be able to hurt me this way anymore." So of course she did whip me, and our. The place that we stayed in, it was very small. We were actually in a trailer at this time and it was very small. And so imagine, you know, getting a whipping in a trailer that's probably no bigger than, I don't know, the size of half of a school bus. Yeah. So she whips me. That's that. I remember saying to myself, I'll never allow for her to physically inflict me anymore because I was tired of the physical infliction. There was never any conversation about my actions, only that you know you're not supposed to do this. You know, you know that you were not supposed to be there. I shouldn't have let you go. And in hindsight, while I understand she was upset, do I believe that there was another way to handle that? Absolutely. Because again, as I've said before, our children are not going to stay children forever. We are raising them to be productive citizens in society, productive human beings, emotionally, mentally, financially, spiritually intelligent. And if the only thing that we can think of as a form of discipline, and I use discipline in quotations, is to inflict physical pain, then there's something wrong there. So that was, in fact, the last time that I did receive a whipping. Now, let's see. Fast forward to <laughs> when I was 16 and I lost my virginity. Her nature or her means of bringing discipline then was to call my dad and to tell him, you know, this is what she's done and all of this and all of that. Now, at this point, y'all, I did not care because I didn't grow up with my father. And that's a whole nother story. And if you want to know about that story, you can grab my book, Grace to Pivot. I just inserted that right there for you all. Head over to Amazon. You can grab my book, Grace to Pivot, or you can head over to my website, www.theashleyn8.com. And if you grab it from the website, you will receive a signed copy. So... In my book, I talk about, you know, not growing up with my father. And so when she decided that she was going to tell him that this is something that I did, it wasn't going to face me having a conversation with him because I didn't know him like that. I had met him when I was 14 and it was an uncomfortable experience for me because I didn't know his nature. I didn't know anything about him. So... As I started to mature in age, not in in understanding just yet, but in age, when I hit, you know, the age of 19 and I became pregnant, I knew, yo, I, I, I don't want to do these things to 
my child, but because it was something that was innate in me and grafted in me, a generational thing, I ended up operating in some of those same traits until I made a decision to learn something different. This is the thing, y'all. When we know better, we don't always do better. But if we make a decision to learn and change our own behavior, it's going to then be displayed in everything that we do. So after a few years um, of operating in that same nature of thinking like whooping my child was going to solve the problem of his behavior, because again, discipline is about behavior modification. When we are looking to change the nature or not, let me not say the nature, but we're looking to change the behavior of an individual that takes patience, it takes commitment and it takes communication. I wasn't raised with patience, (laughs) communication or um, changing of the nature, changing of any of those things. I wasn't raised off of my understanding of what discipline is now. I was raised solely on punishment, you know, and punishment being physical infliction. So after about a few years of me whipping my son when he would do something that I didn't like, number one, his dad was like, you know, I think that I should be the one to take care of the discipline, the correcting, because again, I'm always going to go back to the biblical foundation because that's what I understand now. I didn't understand it then. Now I understand it, which it is the father's responsibility to bring forth the guidance, to bring forth the correction, to bring forth the discipline. And it's the mother's responsibility to nurture and to adhere to what the father is saying and then to continue to guide that and to instill that into the children. So, of course, as you all know, we weren't together, but we grew in a a co-parenting relationship. And so I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll allow you to handle that. And I, I don't mean allow in that, you know, you have control, but it's just like, that's that's your wheelhouse, no problem. I'm going to learn how to relinquish control and not be the one who has to handle everything. Because when you come from a background of pride, when you come from a background where you dealt with a lot of rejection, your need for control is going to be high, period. Your need for control is going to be high. And if you cannot control, it's going to be a situation where you're battling for control. And I didn't want to live like that. I knew that I dealt with control issues. I like to say that I'm a recovering control addict and a recovering (laughs) perfectionist. But this all took time and it's still a continuum of time. So um, as I started to just really embark on my own healing journey, I started to understand the difference between discipline and punishment. And I knew I said, okay, Ashley, you you want to do something different. You want to make sure that um, you're not allowing yourself to 
go the same path, to go the same way that you were raised because you want it to be different. So y'all look, here is the definition for discipline. The practice of training someone to obey rules or a code of behavior. So again, discipline is about behavior. We are looking for a certain type of behavior with our children. And in society, it's this, you know, the good child or the good kids, you know, always get the praise. Well, what is really the definition of a good kid? One who does what you tell them to do all the time. They never question anything. They never have a voice. That's not going to work either because that's just going to breed someone that operates in fear of you, in perfectionism, and that can really damage their esteem. So I saw this um, question on Facebook, and I'm actually going to put it on my social media platform because I would like to hear some parents' thoughts on this. It said, what unserious generational curse are you breaking? Well, for me, one of the biggest things that I am breaking is lack of communication, apologizing and allowing my children to ask me why, to ask questions. Because what does this do? This sharpens their cognitive development. If I only tell you because I said so, that is not an explanation. If you think about it as an adult, and you are in your supervisor's office and they're telling you, I need you to do this because I said so. Nine times out of 10, you are going to feel a type of way. In your mind, you're probably gonna be like, I am a whole grown person. You cannot talk to me this way. You, you, and if you you know, are feeling a little froggy, you may leap at them and tell them, I don't know who you're talking to because it makes you feel inferior. So just think about someone who is developing in their cognition, in their emotions, in their, their personality. And the only answer that you can give is because I said so. It does not take anything away from you as the parent to explain to your child why I'm telling you this, why this is what you need to do. It only adds to what you're telling them to do. Had I received that as a child, I think I wouldn't have fought with so many of the decisions that I made in my adulthood because I lacked understanding. Now that's a whole word, catch it if you want it. That's a whole word. But it is so important that as individuals, parents and, and, and non-parents, that we understand that for us, we need to be disciplined. We need to have boundaries. And so if these are the things that we know that we need in adulthood, why not learn them and then instill them into your child? Because they're not going to stay little forever. They're not going to be in the adolescent phase and the teenage phase and the toddler phase forever. And I remember hitting the age of about ooh, 24 and I remember wanting to have a conversation with my mom and I told her, I just need you to listen. Like, I don't need you to listen with like your Christian ears or your religious ears. I just need you to listen as my parent. 
And that was so hard for her because she didn't know how to communicate and have conversation and share her life with me. So when we go back to that question of what is the unserious generational curse that you're breaking? Another one is sharing my story with my children. I am allowing for my life to be their roadmap so that they know, okay, mom overcome this, but she struggled in this area. I don't want to do that. So I can take the wisdom that she's given me, apply it to my life. Yeah, they'll make mistakes. Yes, they have to go through their own journey, but it can kind of lessen some of the things that they experience along the way if we become courageous enough and we become bold enough to allow our life to be the blueprint. I have this saying, you all, and I say this a lot. It is our story is the victory. It is, I'm sorry, our story is the blueprint for someone else's victory. And I am living by that. I am a big proponent of hearing the stories of people. What made you the way that you are? What shaped you? How do you, you know, define these things? How, how is your life defined by how you grew up, by what you saw, by what you know? Because it's so important that we understand that although we may be different culturally and, you know, our, our races are different, there is such a unique piece within each and every one of us that connects us. And that is stories. You may not have experienced the exact way that I experienced it, but if we can develop that empathy within humanity, then that can link us together and be a connector. And I really believe that the power of the story does that. So let's look at this word punishment. And it says the infliction or imposition of a penalty as retribution for an offense. Now, we can use punishment for um, things that our children do. Punishment does not always mean physical infliction. Punishment, for me, I've flipped it and started to make it as my desired expectations for my children. And when you are not meeting this desired expectation that I have, and I understand that you understand what that desire is, now I can enact a punishment that is going to be suitable for what you've done. So if the guidelines are, and this is an example that I will use for my oldest son's father and I, um, over our son, you know, he has a phone and there's guidelines. You cannot use it after a certain hour. You cannot use it during school. There's restrictions, you know, the, the whole nine yards. His dad checks his usage when it's, when it's being used, you know, and all of that. And when he goes against the desired expectations that we set for him, now we're going to enact a suitable punishment. You're going to get your phone taken from you for X amount of days or week, whatever it is. To me, that is a fair punishment because you've broken one of the desired expectations. And we also have a conversation with him about it. Do you understand why we're taking the phone from you? Do you know what it is that you did? Why did you do what you did? Again, 
as human beings, period, we're going to be wired to test the lines. You know what I'm saying? We stick our toe in the water and see how deep it is. And if we can get away with it, we're going to try. That's human sinful nature, period. But as parents, it is our job to continue to uphold the boundaries and the desired expectations. Because the reality is when you are outside of my covering, as far as, you know, when you leave the home, we want for our words to penetrate in them more than the infliction of pain as far as physical nature is concerned. Life is going to life all by itself. But as we're building them up, as we're developing them in character, it should be that we give them a safe space. Safe spaces does not mean without consequences. Let's learn that consequences does not always mean pain, even verbal pain, verbal punishment is toxic. Speaking down to your children, speaking low of them, degrading them, telling them what they're not. Those are all considered word curses. And those words lodge within the soul of a person. Ask me how I know. I've dealt with that. I've dealt with what I would not be able to do, how I could not do something, what I would not be, who would not desire me. And anybody that listens to this can say, yeah, I've dealt with that. And we understand how powerful those words are. They loom in our ear. They loom in our memory. So as parents, we want to make sure that we are adjusting to who our children are. We cannot raise all of our children the same. We literally have to become a different parent in, in a sense and to a degree for every child that we have because every child's personality, temperament, capacity is very, very different. It's very different. I have two sons. And both of them are very different in their nature, in their temperament, in their desires. And if I parent them the same, I'm doing them a disservice. And I'm also doing myself a disservice because I'm not stretching my capacity to go beyond what I know. So y'all, I want us to really think about that as parents and just as individuals. How are we showing discipline? How are we correcting behavior? Is it solely through a physical infliction, a verbal infliction, or are we, or are we, excuse me, allowing for what we know and how we're growing to shape the way in which we discipline and the consequences that we establish for our children. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I did want to just leave some time just to tell you all a few ways that you're able to reach me. First, you can reach me on Instagram at underscore the T-H-E-E parent network underscore. I'm going to put that in the description of this episode. You can also reach me or follow me um, on my personal page at the Ashley N. Eights 
on Instagram as well. And we do have a YouTube page. I haven't really done anything with it yet, but you can follow the Parent Network, T-H-E, Parent Network, um, on YouTube. I will put all of that in the description of this episode. Again, I hope this episode challenged you. I hope that it brings forth questions. Don't forget to answer the questions. Um, If you are on Spotify at the end of this episode, I also want to just let you all know, number one, that um, if you are a parent and you are a mother specifically, because I am going to create something for the fathers, I'm just looking to figure out what that's going to be. Um, Mama's Lounge is a mom's mentorship group that I have established. We are two years old and it is fundamental for parents Uh, mothers, fathers to have community. And so if you are interested in knowing more about Mama's Lounge, you can email me. I'm going to put the email link inside of the description. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Until next time. (music) 